boys. They said, Miles, they said that we could get off if they told us something, quote, juicy about you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's got a massive juicy. cock. Like, it sounded like a middle school sleepover. And then he talks <laughs> to the next guy on the phone. He's like, oh, man, DA wanted something juicy on you. The juiciest goss on you. And I wouldn't give him any goss, and so now we're in here and we're on bail. T-Dog, stop mash. trying to make goss work. Yeah. <laughs> Awful movie movie movie. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in hopes that some future judge might consider it time served. I'm your host, <laughs> No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Sup, player? You know hey. what we do, how we do, when we do. <laughs> When we rolling. Oh, right. I'm not going to give that any context at all. People are going to talk like that. Heath is <laughs> racist. We'll just go with Heath is racist. And sitting 989 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Ricky Rick Raw. Ricky Rick Raw. <laughs> Eric Eric. <laughs> this is going to be a long record. Now, uh, we also have a, a special guest masochist sitting in with us today. Jocelyn Richards is a former senior writer for The Onion and a current writer for Comedy Central's At Midnight, as well as apparently a phenomenal glutton for punishment. Jocelyn, welcome to God Awful Movies. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, you bet, you bet. Now, as I understand it, this movie was actually your pick, correct? Uh, this is my pick. I've seen it, uh, this is my third time seeing oh. it. <laughs> uh, I do not remember the other two times. So, uh, we watched it as, uh, back when I was at The Onion, we watched it as a staff two times. But I think most of us were, were pretty horrified during it. I don't know how much people were paying attention. Um, I learned about it from the uh, editor of the ending at the time was uh, this guy named Will Tracy. And we used to have like this, you know, email thread. And he somehow, I remember, linked to it on YouTube. And after watching a few seconds of it, we decided that we had to watch it as a staff. So uh, we, we did watch it. I've got awesome. to say, I will never be able to thank you enough for this. Because, like, last week we did a movie that was, yeah, it was a bad movie, but it wasn't a god-awful movie. But holy shit, this might be the worst non-extinction-level event in the history of the cosmos. Normally you would need Siberian volcanoes or an asteroid impact for things to get this bad. <laughs> but they managed to do it using only photons. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, I want to point out, this is the first time where we don't have to apologize to a guest. You're right. Our guest has to apologize to us. I'm not apologizing. Oh, no apologies I, necessary. I, I, I you guys a favor. No, I didn't come oh. here to apologize for showing this. For showing I came this here to be movie. thanked. Yeah, I yeah, did. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and thanked you are. This was so spectacular. This is why we're here. Yeah. yeah. This movie is why we exist. Now, I've kind of jumped the gun a little bit on our normal formula. So let me backtrack just a little bit and let the audience catch up. Heath, tell us, what are we going to be breaking down today? All right. We watched... I'm in love with a church girl. On purpose. Yeah, it's the story of a big-time drug dealer who retires from the game after making millions of dollars, and he feels kind of guilty about all the terrible things he did. But then he meets a Christian girl who learns him that he doesn't have to worry about being a horrible person because the rules on magical consequences are super easy to get around. Yeah, it's a fun movie. So uh, you remember how American Gangster had, like, too many professional actors and not enough Jesus. Well, mm -hmm. they fixed that. It's like uh, American spiritual gangster. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And tell us, Eli, 
how bad was this movie? Well, if you've ever been on a subway or public transportation and seen a couple, like, make out and fight and then have sexy talk and then scream at each other and then cry all in, like, a 40-second time period and thought to yourself, <laughs> man, I hope they make that couple into a movie. Well, guess what? You're in luck. <laughs> they did. It's, it's Loving the Bad Man. Starring Jeff... Uh, he has another name. Jeff something? <laughs> uh, I wasn't super familiar. He's a great actor, but I, I guess he sings as well? Is he also yeah. John. <laughs> His name's Ooh. Jay. It's yeah. loving a. Tr- I'm in love with a church girl, by the way. Not loving a, b- a bad man. That was an even worse movie. But um, now I, I think obviously where we need to start with this whole review is uh, with how good looking, wealthy, and sexually virulent Ja Rule is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They make it very. They make it very clear in case you can't intuit uh, that fact from the context clues. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, we, we can all agree. I agree. Uh, that was a wonderful part of the movie. Um, I did count, and this isn't in my notes at some point. In the first 35 minutes of the movie, there are no speaking parts in the entire film that do not at some point compliment Ja Rule. The <laughs> villains compliment Ja Rule. Everyone yep. who speaks takes a moment to be like, hey man, I know I'm a drug dealer and I got a bag full of crack up me. But I want you to know your hair looks fantastic. <laughs> and that jacket, it works. That jacket works. You totally pull that off. Um, now, I, I have to say, you know, because again, I, I, Jocelyn, you may not know this, but every movie we watch is the worst movie we've ever seen. And this, of course, was also the worst movie we've ever seen. Um, and, and what I thought it was particularly worst at was the dialogue. Like it was, it was worse than Christian Mingle. I think it was worse than you've been acting squirrely. Did you get bit by a squirrel? This was the most vapid <laughs> bullshit dialogue I think we've come across yet. Do I have any agrees on that one? Anybody want to strongly agree? I, I, I love the dialogue. <laughs> I do. I really love the dialogue uh, because it sounds like sort of what if you if you were giving uh, an anti drug. A speech to like a, a middle school or something like, like 12 a dare year old class. kids. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like what you would think that that would sound like if somebody like if you if you've ever like let's say that you uh, want to get a picture of a really generic picture of a drug dealer and you went on like Getty Images and pulled up <laughs> what a drug dealer it would be like approximations of what people think a drug dealer would look like this is a police sketch of a drug dealer's yes. version of a movie yeah <laughs> it is and like there are many parts of the movie pretty much every part of the movie is like that like the strange like dea agents that are trailing them on and off and you never quite know why those are also like a sketch of what you'd think drug enforcement agents would be which is my favorite part of the movie i loved all of the dialogue <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he sort of, you know, the way that he delivers his lines and the way that he brings out this character, as he says early on in the movie, show don't tell, uh, which is, uh, great that you're just telling the audience that, but he's, it was like, seriously, like you're going down and you're panning through a jail and then all of a sudden he's like in a freshman 101 writing class where he's like, you know what? I'm going to show don't tell. And you're like, wow, okay. That's a strange line. Are you reading the fucking how to write a screenplay as you're writing the screenplay? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess the sooner we get started, the sooner I never have to think about this piece of shit again. So we're going to pause for a quick break and when we come We'll break down all the action that isn't. I'm in love with a church girl. 
Hi, Ja Rule. It's so awesome to meet you. Thanks for coming in. You can call me Jeff. Uh... Definitely not going to call you Jeff, but yeah, thanks for, yeah, thanks for not, meeting with us. Yeah, not going to happen. All right, so we wanted to talk to you about some of these contract requirements you had for the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, we must have misread them or something, because on my copy it says, everyone in the movie compliments Miles every 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we just think it might make the dialogue... A little strained, a little unrealistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. Listen, it's easy. For instance, do you like my jacket? Sure. Mm-hmm. Great. You got 12 more seconds. Uh, okay, but what about this part where it says all the characters, including the bad guys, have to compliment this guy's physical appearance, his monetary constraint, his haircut? What? Yeah. Seriously? This movie's going to be total gibberish. It's a Christian movie. Oh, oh yeah, good point. you yeah, say yeah, so? Yeah, yeah, a lot of people forget that. I like your jacket. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and I just want to say that we ended the show last week with me worrying that this movie wouldn't be Jesus-y enough. I believe my concerns <laughs> were allayed in the production logos. Yeah, are you sure you're not in the movie The Wishmaster? <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope the next one is Jesus-y enough. Oh! <laughs> the Leprechaun 5 scathing it. Yeah, right, right. Be careful what you wish for. So we start off with the VO telling us the truth as we uh, as we pan down the aforementioned prison. Um, and, and it's just like, like everything that you're going to hear in this movie, it's absolutely meaningless. It's just a bunch of like, I've been through a lot of things in my lifetime on this planet and experiences and things and whatnot. I love the part where he's going through like what he's been through in life and he just sort of lapses into like, I've been through a lot in my life. And he goes, laughter, love, cry, tears, <laughs> smile. Like he just names verbs that Water. you do. He's like, clap. it's like okay yeah i guess you've been through a lot you've been through like actions most of the senses and everything yeah Yeah. (laughs) also and of course we can't just pass over this during the credits we get executive producer God. Yes. Yeah. I wrote my notes. Did you all see that? Because I was like, yes. oh, man, the acid kicked in early. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to make it through the whole movie. Yeah. But doesn't God executive produce all the movies? Yeah. Oh, no, he gets, he's got a no-show EP yeah. credit for everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. He's also the gaffer. Yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, um, the uh, introduction music note I had here was uh, epic French horn solo at the middle school band concert. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. That was Probably about yeah. right. <laughs> and the the opening monologue from uh, from Ja Rule, for, uh, Jeff, sorry, is ridiculous. Miles, his name is Miles. Yeah, uh-huh. it's ridiculous. It's basically saying like, you know, I'd love to tell you it's a good idea to think about things and realize you live in a world with consequences, but that's stupid because God controls everything. I'm the wise protagonist. Here's a movie about me. It's, it's horrible. Uh, right, right. And then they remember that the medium that we're using here is visual, so they say, you know, let us. Show you. Um, so we cut immediately to uh, Ja Rule and all his gangster buddies giving him huge piles of money. 
Right. (laughs) And Ja Rule, by the way, is now telling, he's telling his entire gang of drug dealers to invest in futures. Yes. He's like the mad money of drug kingpins. He's like, listen, guys, you need to get into hedge funds. Look, I know that the stock market's appealing because the margins are higher. But if you look at hedges from 1968 till the present, you're just seeing a higher investment with all. Do you you guys remember what he, the euphemism for money that he uses in this thing? He says something like, all right, I'm going to go put put some paperwork in my vault. Do you guys remember that oh. word? It's like a really strange word for money that he was uses. Was it guap? I think it's Duckets. paperwork. No, like, that's that's in the following scene, yeah, where oh, he, he shows the, yeah. up as it shows up at his mom's house and he's like, yeah. "Mom, I got to put some paperwork in the safe." Yeah. And, but now I think that's <laughs> supposed to be like mom thinks it's really paperwork. But Yeah, and the mom should say, "But doesn't she see him putting like lo- like $800,000 <laughs> in a sa- in a cartoonish safe? Like that's her cue to be like, "Do you sell drugs here? she doesn't say anything no, that is she's definitely wily coyote's yeah. safe yeah she's she's too busy trying to tell ja Rule that what she really he really wants, wants is, is to, to go, go to, to sandals 1-800-SANDALS <laughs> we actually get the phone number it actually shows the fucking phone number and lingers there for a second so yes yeah, so apparently the director got the third night free if he mentioned the fucking sandals <laughs> thing six yeah. times in a row in this movie so we do and for those who aren't I don't know if this is a thing that everyone's familiar with but sandals is a punishment vacation <laughs> it's it's the, like, if the you worst. can't afford a cruise you he's settle a, for sandals, yeah. He's a multi-millionaire with a mansion in what we're supposed to assume is L.A., right? Yeah. It's, it's like, like North like San Jose, San Francisco. Years ago that couldn't dock and it got exploded with sewage and rats overran the cruise ship. Like, that's better than sandals. Yeah, no, everyone was like, all of the Yelp reviews after that experience were like, at least I didn't go to sandals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yet, this millionaire, the main thing that his mom wants in this movie is to go to sandals. She's always wanted to. I did look this up. Sandals is $250 a night right. for their most expensive package. Oh, wow. So what yeah, this you million... You Sandals, you're like, please let me pay more money. Please. Yeah. I don't want to get E. coli. This drug pink kingpin sends his mother on a vacation of less than a thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right now, she's still just dreaming of it. Right. I love how like a, like a PR person for Sandals getting a glimpse of this movie and she says that and the person, she's like, no. <laughs> So now we have to meet our our antagonist protagonist. Anyway, we meet the DEA guys. This was the second most disappointing in the movie uh, moment in the movie where we realized that both Stephen Baldwin and Michael Madsen were in it. Michael Madsen. They had Michael Madsen for like twenty three minutes of film. Here's the thing: they replace him like he comes in, and then it's clear that he had some other movie or project to do for most of the movie and they replace him in the DEA car with some guy that they yeah. just don't even introduce. Brian. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. So Brian's there most of the time and then Brian then gets switched out again towards then with Michael Madsen. But in this scene, we have Michael Madsen and Stephen Baldwin. And I just want to say, Stephen Baldwin always looks like he's being told to have a seat by Chris Hansen. <laughs> yeah. just at all. Are you talking about that main DEA guy who to me looked like a flamboyant Harvey Keitel Tell yes, that's uh-huh. he's, he's um, the least popular Baldwin, which is yeah. saying a lot. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, the boss guy, that's John Kreese, the bad guy sensei from Karate Kid. Is it really? That really? is oh, John is Kreese. That, that is Cobra Kai. Shit. That's Cobra okay. Kai Dojo, yeah. The chief, I call, he, the chief, the chief right. is the craziest 
human I've ever seen in my life. He has a reverse Hitler mustache, which uh-huh. means he has a mustache <laughs> everywhere except the top and middle of his face <laughs> and blonde frosted tips. Yes. He is right. the literally the worst thing to do to a human head and yeah. I'm including <laughs> acid attacks. Oh, yes. I'm, in- yeah. I'm including acid attacks. And by the way, every line in this scene is delivered like the last sentence of a Batman monologue. <laughs> Everything everyone says is in that breathless, I could just barely make contain my anger for the rest of these words. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the problem with the scene, though, is that like you said, Baldwin... Madsen and uh, Cobra Kai, they all wanted to be the angry one in the scene, <laughs> yeah. and they definitely never settled this argument. So it's just <laughs> it's just a yelling contest of cops agreeing with each other about different ways to describe how much money this drug dealer makes. It's like, <laughs> this this guy, Miles Montego, has a house with worth more than oh, I you know, three of our part. houses combined. Yes. And it's like, that's yeah. absolutely accurate. He makes more money in one deal than we make in a year. Excellent comparison. Yeah, he wears he wears more fake watches on his wrist than China imports in a year, and they just like keep going. And- <laughs> He's so handsome, I'd bottom for him. Bottom for him. I'd be a piss bitch for him. We all agree. And I don't know if every time you guys see the establishing shot of his house after that, which is probably thirty eight times in the movie, so that you remember. Did you all like imagine like four DEA houses put together? Because that's how they. Decide. Describe it. Um, and then we, we, we pop back into the club for a pointless eight seconds worth of scene that just left my jaw on the fucking floor. Yeah. All, all I learned from this scene is that I was uncomfortable in the accents the white actors chose yeah. to use. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, all play, they're all various, you know, sort of non-white people played by, by very, very white people. Yeah. There was, there had to be a day where they first tried these accents out in front of Ja Rule. They were like, so, um, Jeff, I was just wondering, what if P money was like, yo man, you know what I mean? Would that be okay with you? And Ja Rule was like, I'm high right now. And he was like, great, that's what I'm going to do for this movie. It's, it's well, like, she- uh, it's like to kill a mockingbird at my local high school of all white people. <laughs> Well, see, now, what I learned from this scene is that Ja Rule doesn't want to hear any what's, when's, why's, where's, who's, how's, therefore's, or other conjunctions. Yeah. In a, in a, he only wants people to speak them to him in zeros and ones for some reason, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love that. What? What, when, what the fuck are you talking about, why, dude? Time, space... Car, <laughs> it's like the world's most complicated game, a taboo or something. Yeah. <laughs> ja Rule, are you just saying things you see in the room or are you actually reading your lines? <laughs> Lamp, same camera. difference, yeah. <laughs> same thing. Me, you, so, <laughs> so then Miles gets invited to an old white person party. And I just, I, I have to point out that this is how bad the screenwriting is. The scene before that is him taking a phone call, getting invited to the party. The next scene is him being at the party. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's being invited to the next scene. And no, apparently no, no, he no. thinks... You guys miss the part where it just for briefly, like, less than than a second shows the wheel of his Bentley spinning, and then he's in the thing. <laughs> so right. you know that he pulls up in his Bentley. Oh, exactly. right. So it's, it's spiritually important to me that we recognize that Ja Rule does not know how to speak on a phone in this scene, because he very clearly holds his ear up to the ear thing. Oh, I, I saw that. And then moves the phone around to, to the front. And then moves it back. 
in a very, it's not a fluid motion at all. It looks very strange. Right. I'm not going to point this out in every scene, but again, inappropriate compliment time. He goes, Miles, my youngest and coolest yes. friend in the world. <laughs> like they couldn't get the guy from The Sopranos, so they settled with this guy. And so he's oh, basically he was so bad. just one scene supposed to be like, hey, I'm an Italian guy. Even Italian guys like Ja Rule. But also so many times these explanations when they're describing him is just meaning black. Like in this <laughs> scene when he says my youngest, hippest only blah blah blah. I mean, he's the like the only black guy in the whole movie, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. But, but see, I got the impression more that this was a scene about Ja Rule saying, "Don't get me wrong, some of my best friends are white," than the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking right. about? I wrote in my notes here. This is Ruby Tuesday's training video levels of acting, and I also want to point out that Vanessa. This is where we meet Vanessa, the female lead in the in the movie. She's the only one at this party with cleavage, and there will only be one cleavageless scene for her in this entire your movie mm-hmm. yeah when she goes to when church, she's in the hospital she like goes to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right right <laughs> yeah. they found her a sexy low-cut gown yeah, gown. yeah. <laughs> i'm ready for my operation if you know what i mean <laughs> that scene is and we'll get to that scene is so funny how they interpreted what somebody in a car crash looks like they oh that's strange a, we'll get there yeah. so miles is introduced to vanessa and the way that he is introduced is they shake hands and then he keeps holding her oh, hand yeah. and yeah. runs his thumb along the back of her hand. Now, Jocelyn, question. <laughs> if when we had met just moments before now, <laughs> if I had, if I had done that to you, how many cans of mace would you have emptied into my face? Not would you? How many? Right. Uh, I think that because you're not Jaw Rule, and I'm sorry you're not Jaw Rule. <laughs> you and me both. Been a problem. <laughs> this scene, I can't remember how she reacts, but she's just like, oh, or something like that. No, she's she like, says, ooh, classy. Yeah. No, she it's says, like give a, me my hand back before I have to back. call the police. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, but it's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, that that's her flirting. Clearly. She's not yeah. like, don't do that. She's like, mm, you yeah. must like me. You're yeah. you're yeah, not are, letting are me you, go. You must be looking for a godly woman. <laughs> and I, the the reason that so like he's already primed to meet Vanessa because his mom, who after she talks about Sandals Resort, which is I'm sure the first thing that she tells him every time she sees <laughs> him, is that she wants him to find a godly woman at church. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, yeah, I that think. was five minutes and thirty seconds into the movie. That yeah. was our first mention of. You know, well, not not our first because we get it in the VO, but that was the first in the actual film. And then, yeah, thirteen minutes in, we get the and this the dialogue when the two of them meet is some of the dumbest shit I have ever been subjected to. It's like children wrote it. Their whole courtship is amazing. That oh way. my god, yeah, this is this is the actual scene between the two of them. Oh please, this is the actual scene. <laughs> Jocelyn, will you do a dramatic reading with me? I will do. <laughs> it's right here, so it's every other line. Okay, yeah, so it's dramatic reading. Here you go. <clears throat> So, how do you know them? Bible study? Bible study from church? Yes, from church. You go to church on Sunday? Every Sunday. So what's your religion? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? What are the actual lines? <laughs> I just was like reading my Aunt Kathy's Facebook timeline for my, fuck's My sake. grandfather had terrible dementia before he died, and he would have read these lines and been like, no, this is that's not making any sense. <laughs> and I'm just reading this, and I am a horrible actress. I've never acted in my life, but I'm just reading this, and it's like, how do you know them? Bible study? Bible, Bible study from church. Yeah, Bible study is with the church yes from 
This is horrible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the whole yes, script looked like that all the church? way through. You go to church every Sunday, Sunday church. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Do you go to Sunday church? Yes. Yeah, church on Sundays, Bible. Like, that's it's like waiting for Godot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's what this is, basically. So, is then, if you had a Christian waiting for Godot, I think it would be this movie. Yeah. So then she asks him if he goes to church. And he says no, and she tells him, you need to find a church you're comfortable with and stick with it. You know, like a yoga practice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. He also said, he says that he was Catholic, right? He grew up Catholic, and right. then he, that wasn't right for him anymore. So we know right away that Catholics are bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're real bad, yeah. And, and so is using the term Christian, apparently. Or <laughs> religious. Yeah, yeah, they prefer yeah. The, the term person of faith, because, you know... Christian makes it sound like there's uh, other valid religions out there, so they they prefer. <laughs> yeah. But I love that when she actually, I think like usually if somebody that you meet, you go on a date or whatever, and they say, "Let's get in contact. I want to see you again." You would you would you would send a text. You'd probably text right, but she flat out. Apple FaceTimes him at 6 a.m., I think is the following From scene, bed, right? yeah. Okay, yes. From but bed. From her chat roulette studio, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, we have to just glimpse over and realize that Stephen Baldwin is watching on Dower. Yes. Yes. From his chat yes. roulette studio. From a studio. Yeah. masturbating to how handsome with, Ja Rule is. With I'm the sorry. guy who has replaced Michael Madsen's yeah. character at this point. Everyone's hoping that the one-eyed people watching the movie won't notice that Michael Madsen <laughs> And, <it's> gone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and nerdy Jim from the office is taking his place. Exactly. But yes, she sends him. He wakes up in the morning to a video of her in bed. This is look, spam bots have sent more convincing videos to me <laughs> yeah. on his iPad. Yeah, like holding her her phone above her and sending him this strange video. This is the first contact that she makes with him. Yeah, he's got a. So she basically in the video scene, he calls her and he's like, she's like, Are you gonna come to church with me? And he's like, I've got a gang full of stuff to do. <laughs> I'm a drug dealer. Wait, no, what's <laughs> subtle? Something subtle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she comes from church and I just want to take a moment. Look, you can wear whatever you want. You can dress however you want. But this were, this woman wore an outfit to church that porn stars would have been like, I don't know, build the suspense a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there has the never been a woman less dressed in one of these movies. Yeah. Except for maybe some of the seven-year-olds in See Me Dance, but that was I was ooh, thinking was about why she was dressed like that, and I really think that it's a budget thing for this movie, because there are times in this movie where they're it seems like they're going back and forth a lot from church to his club, where he hangs out with his friends, and so like she'll straight out get out of church and go, go right into this club, you know? So they just have this one outfit that they have her wear the whole time. <laughs> It's not church they, they, Yeah, they put a jacket over it occasionally. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah I got When she goes yeah. to church, she has a jacket. And then when she goes to the club, she strips <laughs> off. Right. Yeah. So their date is for him to show her his eight-bedroom mansion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have such a long conversation where they're going through and she's like, you got eight bedrooms? Yeah, I have eight she's bedrooms like, yeah. here. You got so many couches. Yeah, yeah, I don't sleep on my couch. You got so many coffee tables. Why do you need this many coffee tables? Yeah. 
but you know, I'm a rich drug dealer. Oh, look at how many curtains you have. <laughs> you have so many doorways. Why do you need this many doorways for one? And again, there's yeah. no purpose in this scene whatsoever except for to reestablish the thing that we've already established about how wealthy he is. Never yeah. been inside a black person's house before. <laughs> this place is huge. Not so, like, I can handle it, but it's pretty big. But we do have one of the weirdest love scenes in all of the movies we watched. He gets a call on his phone, and she has this moment where she's like, Miles, I would never tell you to turn your phone off. And they just right. really connect yeah. over her being like, I would never interrupt your business. And I realized, oh, this is what, like, a rapper's ideal version of a woman is. <laughs> it's like, I would never interfere when your friends text you pictures of other right. women. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, this no, it's is... It's like a Louis C.K. situation where he's, like, inserting his perfect idea of a woman. Like, right, but because it's Ja Rule, his perfect idea of a woman is just someone who's okay with him texting at yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can text at dinner. Well, yeah. and, and this is this is one I had to actually copy down for posterity. Actual line after she says that he says that's dope i mean you know a lot of women would be like you being rude or yo can you turn that off that's the end of the line now <laughs> that's it. That's- that not only made it through all the script rewrites that made it through all the edits nobody who was on set at that moment said hey why don't we just cut that out there's no need for that to be there that's the kind of shit from fucking page one to the end in this goddamn movie that's how so many of his of his lines are is they just drop off and then so many there there's times when he's just there for like three seconds after he delivers a line just kind of like smiling or sighing which adds a really good touch to it yeah there's no moment where he's not mugging for the camera yeah yeah so then we cut to them uh, uh, him visiting her at, at her job and of course she's so christian she works at a christian store Yes, the C28. And it's basically, this is Christian hot topic. Yeah, I think That's so. That's what it looks like. And it's huge. Like that place is packed. Is this store people. real? Cause if it is, I want to find it and burn it down. <laughs> I just, I don't want to burn it down. I want to go there and go shopping. want to go every, there. It was a one stop shop. If you're a Christian, <laughs> you know, it had clothing. It looked like it had kitchen supplies and <laughs> Christian <laughs> kitchen <CDs>. supplies. <laughs> yeah. And some of those guys looked like real rappers, according to. Yeah. Ja oh, this is amazing. No. So first we see her friends. Her friends are all the right ethnicities. She's yeah. like, I have a Spanish friend and a Chinese <laughs> friend and a white friend. Yeah. Good. Who all work with her at the counter, hawking these Christian CDs. Right. And they basically only serve the purpose to be like, we are her friends. We also think Ja Rule is handsome. Yeah. We will never <laughs> be seen again. And then they poof out of existence. <laughs> And that's and that's it. So yeah, we get this like ridiculously stupid scene of him inviting her to the next scene. And- oh wait, but then Ja Rule, the Christian rap. Oh right, right, she, yeah, exactly. So he's she's like, look, I'm gonna hook you up. So she gives him she brings out a garbage bag, <laughs> garbage <laughs> bag full of Christian five rap bodies, and fills it to the brim with CDs, with Christian music, with Christian music, and yeah. he pulls out a CD and goes. Man, this guy looks like a real rapper. It's like, what? And I, he, I, I cannot, I don't know what they paid him, but it's so forced. He's like, I, Ja Rule, really appreciate Christian rap. And you just know on the back of that guy's CD from now on is going to be Christian rap. It's fine, I guess. Ja Rule. <laughs> 
And also, we have to literally, after he, she gives him the bag, we have to literally linger on this scene for no reason but for her friends to come back on screen and talk about how cute he was again. Yep. Yeah, no, they say something weird. They say, like, oh, look at her. Doesn't she seem so happy? Yeah. But it's like... They're just, they just walked past uh, a clothing rack and they're, she's, she's shoveling CDs in, into her bag and that's how she apparently looks so happy. Like it makes no sense. And she just met him one night. Right. You know, they haven't been married for 30 years or something. No, they have known each other for 24 hours, but that doesn't mean that the next scene isn't him meeting her parents. Yes. Yep. And boy, was that painful. Yeah. yeah. The first, when they first walk in the door, she introduced, she gets, Jarrell gets introduced to like a line of her eight sisters or something like that. All She's of like whom think he's mom. hot. And they all yeah, look like Snooky. All of whom think he's great. In their own special way. It's like <laughs> yes. every, everyone in this movie's a Hanukkah candle for how attracted to Miles they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm the sister who doesn't want to put down her phone, but I would fuck you. <laughs> The good sister, and I would There's fuck a you. Sister who I'm the humpback like... sister. I'm the loud sister. There's there wasn't much there in her brain. Like there was something a little bit off about that one sister. The loud one you're talking about, yeah, right? The loud one who just sort of would shout her line. Every one of her lines was shouted in a burst of energy because she's the loud sister. Yeah, she, that's yeah. Right. She's the she loud was given sister. one line of yeah. instruction. It's, it's, it was like the dwarf. She was loudy. Yeah, yeah. and then of course mom shows up and just as she looks at him like mm, black and she goes so what church do you jesus 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 you heathen fuck yeah <laughs> yeah just say like she's she's very overtly racist oh like, yes name three white people you know go there's, there's a where she flat out says oh i didn't think vanessa would bring one of your kind back to the house. <laughs> yeah. and i think the movie like, oh. meant non-christian yeah. No, but in every, sense, I don't even know. You know what? I think we're giving this movie a lot of credit. I I don't even think that's what the movie meant. She's so racist. I wouldn't be surprised if Mom pulled out a skull at dinner and started to talk about phonology. Like, I wouldn't be surprised by that that character choice. You see these dimples right here, Miles? No. <laughs> So then mom says, uh, you know, so what do you do? And dad says, well, that's enough drilling, honey. I'm like, no, that's like the most basic possible question you can ask someone. (laughs) Honey, honey, it's enough now. Come on. It's never clear to the audience, too. So it's kind of for for our benefit to figure out anything except they never mention any what kind of drugs or anything like that. So no, you never see any drugs or anything. Yeah, this no. is a scene where I actually was begging for some good ex- clunky exposition, and it never happened. <laughs> yeah. But because the movie hadn't specifically broken Noah and Heath's heart yet, <laughs> we cut to the club where we find out that Jerry Rice <laughs> is in this movie. Uh. The only way that this could have been worse is if Patton Oswald had also come into the scene and been like, Joy, I I convinced Eli to be a comedian, but now I'm here to say I sure think Miles is fantastic. <laughs> that would have been enough. There would have been no 27th episode because we would have taken our own lives. <laughs> so I'm just I'm, yeah, I was no, so depressed. Was, he joined he joined Sandals Resorts and Hustler <laughs> Sebring Convertible as the main finance and, and C28 uh, Christian Hot Topic yeah, stores. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also, did, did anybody else notice how, like, almost every line of Vanessa, she either repeats the subject twice within it, or she's repeat just repeating the subject of whatever the last person said? 
Yes. In a absolutely. racist tone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that might have just been for, for just the purposes of making this movie. I think she had to repeat herself. Maybe that's the only way they could get through the scenes. <laughs> because he so often spaces out halfway through his lines that she probably gives him a little context at the beginning of it so he can go on with his scene. Ja Rule is the Finnegan's wake of rappers. <laughs> no, he acts like Brando. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, right. Now, also, just in case you thought we'd gotten the highest level of, of like, bullshit pointless compliments to Ja Rule, we also get a reference to how big his dick is in this scene. Oh, yes, yeah, I literally. Love that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where all the women gather around and they say, is it true what he, they say? You know about... Mm. Him not being godly. And this woman who has been... <laughs> right. Who is... Yeah. Him being between churches. <laughs> and, this, and then she's like, no, I think you're talking about his dick, right? right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and this dick. woman who has gone to the club... Sees that he's a millionaire in LA is absolutely shocked and appalled that he has had premarital sex. <laughs> yes. There's a millionaire rapper record producer in LA and she's like, well, I just assume he's a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. In his 30s. Yeah. And th there's also this moment where it gets worse for him because Miles' friend is there too and he's trying to be like the wingman. So. Oh, yeah. He tells this story about how Miles killed those people with a gun. <laughs> he thinks he's healthy. He's, like, he's hanging out the car yeah. window, shooting <laughs> civilians, women, <laughs> children, families. We had to go back later and kill one of the little girls because they saw his face. Anyways, he's a great guy. I'll leave you two alone. Do you know who you're sitting with? A legend. Gone out the window. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Vanessa's right? credit, though, like the one thing in this movie where people do sort of have appropriate reactions that correspond to the lines and the plot is she does react appropriately when that kind of stuff happens like there's a time he's like yeah yeah miles killed all those people and she's like what you know she gets really upset he has a gun in his car and she freaks out like those are the times that do keep you grounded because it's insane that they just basically tell her that he did that but right, right. she is comforted instantly yeah, and without right, recourse right. Yeah. like she's right. like she she's like wait you leaned out of a car and shot people and he's like this things i'm not proud of and she's like i love you again. Yes. it doesn't matter i, I need no further information you know what this makes me want to get closer to you and yeah. Says that, yeah yeah right so so then miles uh he he, he hears this ridiculous story and he's like whoa, 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 easy easy so he takes all his crew to the bar to explain to them that they shouldn't tell stories about how he's a homicidal drug kingpin yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't realize that i didn't okay just now yeah. you know now, yeah, now you know. I, I i have to tell you guys this kind of shit right also just tiny moment but it's mo one of the most magical in the entire movie he has this moment where he goes guys yeah guys be cool he leaves and he leaves his drink on the bar and the actor was alone on camera for a second so his friend reaches forward and finishes his drink and goes well I'm gonna finish his drink and then just drink the rest of my That's awesome. It's a fantastic thing. In Christian movies, whenever an actor is left alone for twelve seconds, <laughs> they have to do some business. Yeah. So this actor color and it fleshes out the world that they're in. Yeah, T Diddy. <laughs> T Diddy drinks other people's drinks it when they leave. So well I did not notice that it was happening. I reckon. And now and, and so then we get to him like kind of trying to explain himself after all the homicide stories or whatever, where he admits that he has a past because that's how time works um and, and my note on this was i just like i was like this is bad acting just for taking a picture 
Yeah, I wrote in my notes, Ja Rule is furiously thinking, sad face, my face sad, <laughs> sad, yes. puppy died, but I didn't kill it, other person killed it, my puppy, I'll kill that motherfucker, Ja Rule, why are you have a gun, sorry, someone killed my puppy. <laughs> So then we cut to them at a, at a diner after this night at the club or whatever, um, where this movie mo- moved on to enhanced interrogation technique. I just mean that this movie was by then an enhanced interrogation technique. Oh, yeah. John McCain spoke publicly in Congress about not showing people this movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the stupidest fucking words ever written down. So yeah. we get a tiny flash to the mom and... I guarantee you there were four takes where she said the N-word, and then they finally got a take. <laughs> she literally turns to the – she wakes up. He goes, can you go to sleep? And she goes, how can you go out when he's out with that? That And I'm like, oh, she's going to use it. I can't. Every time I'm like, that's subtext. Cut. I said N-word that time. I said I N-word s- all the way out. I said in, I said, I said jungle n-gah. monkey. Yeah. Jungle monkey. None of those words are bad. Jungle monkey. They're fun. Fun words. I called him a deal la. I'm actually 184th Cherokee, so I can actually (laughs) totally say the (laughs) animals. Also, I, I want uh, this is so the, at the diner. This is also where we get the conversation about being e- equally yoked. All right, she has a moment. She goes, "Listen, Miles, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character." And I wrote in my notes, "You are dressed like a goddamn free video from Amateur Allure. Why are you talking about the Bible corrupting good character?" <laughs> Yeah, that's also where she tells him that uh, if if they're going to have a relationship, he needs to be willing to put Jesus in the center of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which would be plenty enough to get me the fuck out you of have that to be diner. Equally insane about Jesus. You really, you really start. I started to really like him because he really puts up with a lot of her shit. This whole movie, she it's it, she just inserts that in there, and he just kind of goes with the flow. You this know? this scene was so boring that I took this opportunity to look up their IMDb, and I just want to point out that the other movie this lady has been in was called. Cutting the mustard. <laughs> so wait, mustard, mustard. Yeah, awesome, awesome. yeah. Cutting the mustard. <laughs> I bet so, they don't even know. I bet mean, the people who wrote that for- title didn't even know. <laughs> um. So now we cut to Stephen Baldwin doing more of that sinister looking that he does, watching uh, Ja Rule like live out his life, He's looking like Don Draper's puffy fucking weird brother or something like that yeah. is he is he outside his house again at this point is he outside the diner where is he because he's he's he tails him everywhere he's everywhere he's he's on the same green screen that he's been in since the beginning, <laughs> yeah, right. of, the <laughs> since the beginning of the dog. day they had to yeah. film with him yeah. <laughs> steven you have to come out of the van man we only get the rental for eight hours i'm a method actor <laughs> i'm like daniel day lewis no daniel's good you, i'm like a bad daniel day lewis 45 minutes just sitting in a car and, right. yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes not including the seven poop breaks Stephen yeah. Baldwin obviously <laughs> needed <laughs> and then also we um th- this is where we get him going to like his his big show he's a music producer yes this, this is where we should mention that he produces a show. He mentions multiple times that he is the producer of a show, and I believe they pan up to the marquee of the show. Mm-hmm. His name is Miles Montego, and I believe it's Miles Montego presents old school funk. Old right? school Correct. funk. He's a funk producer, he's apparently. A, he's the producer of a show called Old School Funk. Right, that- and none of the bands are listed, just his name. 
No, but apparently old school funk is so popular because there's this scene where he has to have a machine to count the money that he makes bringing in ticket sales from old school funk. Millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah, literally. They made, they made millions in, ca- in neat, crisp hundreds that everybody yeah. paid for everything with, said, apparently. He says he's been out of his drug deal thing now for two years. He's moved on to something that's much more lucrative, and it is... Old school, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and they, have, they have the seat after they uh, they show him collecting all that money together. Yeah, all that where, old school. Fu- there's so all, many times all their in the old movie school where he drops money, right. down his old school funk movie. You know, like when he's in church and they pass around the basket, and he's like, "Oh, I got it. I got my old school funk money." Slaps down some old school funk. Yeah, it's also this scene also cuts off with the uh, the poorly dressed Reservoir Dogs. Homage there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah. Just carrying the briefcase of money with the crew, but the, the, here's the, the only action here is they went from their office to like the parking lot yeah. in slow mo. Yeah. That's all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a slow motion shot of him walking to the bathroom. Pretty like, much. Right, got it. Well, and then they cut straight to the next scene, which is them that night staying at a hotel where she's like, "You are so amazing at being in that room and counting that money in that and putting it in a briefcase. That was incredible." She's like. I I thought old school fun came together so well. I'm so impressed. Um, So then we get them shopping together. um, And in case you were concerned that this might not be a horribly unhealthy relationship, we're going to we're going to really verify that with this scene. Right. They've just finished buying uh, shoes that they like in every color. Yes, Mm -hmm. I was going to I was going to say, don't remember this scene, but it's the one where they're in. What appears to be like a journey. Like, or a footlocker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, filled, uh, gorilla style in a journey's. And he says something like, Hey, do you like these, uh, shoes? And she's like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, I'm going to get one in every, every cover, every color, which when they walk out to the car, turns out to be three colors. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We have brown and black. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. It's, it's his excessive, uh, old school funk lifestyle bought him three colors of the same. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and they also run into some girl that he used to date or whatever, and she completely flips the fuck out over it. Yeah. But did you notice that? woman's face that was the strangest looking woman i've ever seen and she also has some sort of a strange german accent or something she's like flat out the worst casting in the whole movie is it it's like your one job is in this scene to be like i used to date this character and we had a sexual relationship and she talks in german or something you can't even understand what she's saying yeah that's uh, that's someone who like really spent some time with her acting coach and he was like look honey you've got Two lines in this movie, but you're going to steal the show. You're going to speak like a 1920s Weimar princess. Your makeup's going to look like you got designed for Spirited Away. And I don't want you to lose any weight for the film. I want you to gain 84 pounds. I want you to just pack it on. You're like a linebacker for the Green Bay. We used it to wipe up spilled Coca-Cola and put it on your head. And you're going to do this makes no sense. So, yeah, so she gets all door slammy and pissy and shit about that uh, before they go to the next show where he has to go all gangsta to to save Jesse. Well, they their fight is be pretty much 
it's like it happens and then it doesn't happen because she's like really mad and he's like, oh, you're mad because I fucked other women? And she's like, yes, I am. And then it's over. They never no. talk about she it. He gets over everything. Instantly. Instantly. I assume yeah, he has one of those bullshit. men in black laser things <laughs> yeah, that's that it. he uses at the end of each scene and they cut it from the but final. We've established from the cell phone at the table scene that that's her temperament. Right. So it's not out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he, he shows up at this, at this old school funk show and, and some guys are roughing up his boy Jesse. So he pulls out a gun, fires it in the air, goes all gangster. And, you know, it, and she just does not like the idea of him committing felonies at all, that bitch. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't take it well at all. And then they go, they go to a hotel. It doesn't say why they go to the hotel, right? Right. Well, she knows he's a drug dealer, but she apparently didn't expect there to be violence and guns yeah. <laughs> involved in that line of work. And it's yeah. so weirdly cut that, like, he goes out, he's got two giant guns that he shoots it's in the a air. Major continuity error because he had one gun in his glove compartment and then he goes out there and all of a sudden he has like three guns. <laughs> <laughs> one in each of his three arms. Yeah, like one gun in his left hand and two guns in his right hand. <laughs> throwing down a little juggle there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, but then they park in this place and she's so mad and scared. It's just so, it's so weird. It's just such a strange, no, it's just I, strange. Like I had written in my notes here, like the stupid has no solid floor. Every time you think we've gotten it, it just caves out underneath you. And you're like, well, then why the fuck are we here now? Right. And she goes, she goes, she's like mad at him. And he goes, I was just trying to defuse the situation. <laughs> you know, you know, by pulling two guns. <laughs> And he has this briefcase full of money. He opens up this 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 briefcase of his old his money from producing old school funk, and he says something like, "Why do you think danger didn't come with all this old school funk money? You thought producing old school funk would be easy. You got this much money." And she's like, "Oh, I know, you know." Uh, but now she forgives him because it's been twelve seconds, and they uh -huh. decide to pray together. <laughs> I wrote down like the only way this scene can get stupider is with prayer, so they pray. <laughs> <laughs> And this might have been one of those other prayers that doesn't resemble a prayer in any sense or form. I care because there's a lot of them, but they, yeah, they do, they do pray. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, like there's like seven prayers in this movie. There's it's hard to keep prayers, up. And three of them are actually prayers, and four of them are weird just statements with no <laughs> yeah, context. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that happen to involve Jesus. God, yeah. Mary had a little lamb. Yeah, one of them was, <laughs> yeah talking about how good the food and the weather is. <laughs> right. Like, All right. Well, that's if you're setting up for those of us that aren't Christian, maybe want to watch this movie in the hopes of becoming Christian, and you want to. Instruct us on, uh, on what a prayer is. It is just talking about the weather in a clam bake. Apparently that's all it takes, which is why it was so funny that the uh, dumbass from Christian Mingle couldn't get it right that whole time. <laughs> and because this is literally as much of this movie as I could take in one sitting, we're actually going to pause for another break right there. But before we do, I have to give the last half of the show the hard sell here. <clears throat> Will mom slip up and use the N-word? Will Stephen Baldwin finally get to massage Ja Rule's scrotum with his uvula? Will any of us ever love again after having seen this piece of shit? Find out the answer to these questions and more when we return for the exciting conclusion of I'm in love with a church girl. Hey, Miles. Hey, man. I ain't seen you in a minute. What's up, G? Oh, uh, you know, uh, doing what we do. Dude, let me holler at you. Dude, let me holler at you. Shoot, my brother. Yo, dog, as a friend... I see this relationship with this girl, Vanessa, moving too fast and too far away from your support network. Know what I mean? What you talking about, man? 
listen, Miles, we grew up together. We like brothers. And a friendship and a relationship, both both need to be able to float in the same ocean. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like uh, part of every healthy friendship in life is watching a person grow. And sometimes that means growing apart. Friendship is forever doesn't make sense because who we were when we were friends isn't always who we grow up to be, dog. Uh, you feel me? We are drug dealers. We deal drugs. <laughs> and we're back for more. And since this movie is just random collections of unrelated scenes anyway, I don't really feel the need to set anything up. So when we last saw our hero, he was good looking and wealthy. And <laughs> yeah. now it's yeah. his... Uh, now it's his birthday, I guess. Yeah, they got him a gift. And I just want to point out, simultaneously in all of our notes, when she hands him a gift, <laughs> yep. we all wrote, I bet it's a Bible. And indeed, <laughs> it is a Bible. It's by, it's a Bible also uh, with size 24 font in it because they <laughs> frequently pan over to the Bible and it's like unlike a Bible you've ever seen. Yeah, it's like a children's illustrated Bible. Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> right. Stephen Baldwin in the next scene is, is basically that scene from Minority Report where Tom Cruise can't stop doing drugs and looking at videos of his kids. He's basically doing that to Ja Rule. <laughs> Run faster, keep your knees up keep your knees up ja Rule. keep your knees up <laughs> and then we cut over to uh, him studying up his bible in one of the most bizarre sideways cuts you'll right, ever which see which presupposes ja Rule's ability to read uh which yeah, yeah that's asking yeah, exactly. an awful Least lot believable thing about there. this movie um but she's over at his house and he's making her dinner and he has this moment she has this moment where she goes so did you like the bible and he goes i don't know baby it's really not for me. And the music of the scene literally goes, yes, I love that was the best sound effect. <laughs> the music sounded like like the lights went out and somebody has a knife in their chest when the lights turn back on. Right, right. <laughs> um, this is also where she explains that the Bible is better than sex. And I'm like, if the Bible's better than sex, you're doing both of those yeah. things wrong. <laughs> yeah. And this is where a moment where she says, the Bible says, baby, I don't want you to lose your soul. That's the words that yeah, she but, says. I know the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> but line, it is though. the line in this film. Yeah. Baby, I don't want you. The Bible says, baby, I don't want you to yeah. lose this film. And again, this is the 97th scene where we're just watching this uncomfortable, badly spoken couple have a weird, sexy, we're friends and then not again fight. Like, oh, oh, really? Oh, really? I'll stab you. I love you. I love to stab you. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. I need to call a hotline for someone and I think it's me. Yeah. <laughs> do I jerk off? Do I stop it? Do I jerk off while stopping it? But of course, what, you know, what we really learn in this scene when she says, well, why don't you want to go to church? Of all the one wonderful answers he could have given, he says, God don't want people like me in his church. And then she's in love with him yeah, even more. Yeah, then she's really relieved and she said something, she says something like, oh, I, I was hoping it was going to be something different or something like drug related or yeah something. she keeps he's already told her he was a drug dealer yeah. and that was his past and so she keeps being relieved every time like like she's gonna oh man i thought you were gonna bring up problem of evil or you know the mustard seed conflict yeah. but hey <laughs> as long as it's just that you don't think you're good enough to be part of this book full of slavery yeah. and rape then don't worry we've been yeah. we've been convincing <laughs> black people that's fine for years we got that covered guys <laughs> So they go to church. 
And on the way in, they have this bizarre scene where this guy shows up in a Lamborghini dressed all in white. And if you just <laughs> right. saw this scene, you would assume that he and Ja Rule were falling in no love. Because it's the same music and the same slow motion as the first time he sees he Vanessa. Sees, yeah. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's looking this right. pastor up and down like... <laughs> Miles doesn't know who he is yet, but he definitely gets locked into like this Luigi Mario Kart ice grill death spell <laughs> with the guy for a second there. Or something or weird. Just lust. Yeah, just pure yeah. lust. For this Sometimes guy. you see a man in all white wearing an all white Yankee hat, and you just yeah. need to fuck yeah. him raw. <laughs> John Rule knows what I'm talking about. Looks like Turtle from Entourage with a touch of the downs. Yeah, also, right. it's just a little moment, but we then cut into church and it's one of the, it's one of those mystical churches where everyone's like, oh, happy day, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at this scene, if you watch this movie along with us, which you must watch this movie <laughs> along with us, it's a gift from say, God. For people that are worried about spending money on movies, this entire movie has been uploaded by two separate people on YouTube for free in its entirety. Yeah. So it is a free movie. <laughs> but at the very beginning of the church scene... Went straight to the thumb drive. We cut to this fat lady in the very front row. There's a fat white woman. She's literally taking up two chairs Everyone around her is clapping in one rhythm. She is clapping yeah, in an entire sh- other. I remember looking at that and being like, man, that woman's a shitty clapper. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what kind of church is this that you'd have such a shitty clapper like that? The entire film is worth it just to watch whatever Mama <laughs> yeah. June snuck yeah. in the back for it's, filming that it's day. It's so clear that, the yeah, it's it's really impossible to tell. So they never... You know, they do this very purposefully. They don't mention what sort of Christian denomination anybody belongs to. They don't mm-hmm. mention what church it is. And when you look in the church, that sort of fits because it's like they have people that look like they're from Sister Act. They have Catholics. They have people that that look, you know, like they they can't clap. They have and everybody's, you know, people from Ann Taylor, people that look like they walked out of that Christian <laughs> hot topic. Like it's impossible to tell anything about this church. Yeah, keeping it as vague as they possibly can. And of course, then there's the humorous moment where he puts way too much money in the collection plate. Yeah, and, it's his old school funk money that yeah, he wears. Yeah, right, right. And guys, we know it. Churches hate it when you put too much money in the, <laughs> oh, yes. in the collection bag, by the way. It's not a plate, it's like a cloth, it's like a magician's change bag. That's the yeah, only way it's I can like it. a, it's like a, and now your money changes into a blue sack. scarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and then okay, so then we got maybe my least favorite scene in the okay, my second least favorite scene in the whole movie, uh, which is where we where he meets the pastor who was yes. apparently the guy who was dressed in all white driving a Lamborghini earlier. That's the mm-hmm. writer of the movie, yes. also by the way. So yeah. he he goes up to the pastor and he goes, "Hey man, you don't look like a pastor." And the pastor has a moment where he goes, "Bible doesn't say anything about style being a sin," yeah. and I just want to point out the Bible has a ton oh, about oh, preachers does. not being rich and wearing <laughs> mm-hmm. their, like there you couldn't find it, it might as well be like bible doesn't say anything about not fucking dudes yeah. and just, <laughs> <laughs> well but it literally spends way more time the bible does telling you that pe- pastors should not be wealthy than it does telling you you should not fuck dudes that's the only good thing that the new testament is clear about <laughs> they're very clear and he has a lamborghini that's behind him this whole scene that must be like a million dollars or something well and and i'm thinking to myself the whole time i'm like at least drug dealers provide a genuine community service they are yeah. selling a thing <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> well, and then we really start to emphasize how little they know about how cops work because then we cut to Steven playing with his ball again. He's got a stress ball, guys. That's what I'm talking about. Right. It's supposed to be like Baldwin piecing it all together at this point. And it's ridiculous. The conversation went something like this, that he's listening to these two drug dealers in the car. It's like, hey, you got that illegal drug money? It's like, yeah, it's right here. 125 grand cash, just like you said, to buy illegal drugs. And your name's Mark. And Baldwin's like, I got him. I figured it out. <laughs> Where's his cop show where he just sits outside of an SVU site while people rape each other? My name is Andy. I'm raping you. <laughs> I think we might be able to put together a case here. So now we get to my absolute least favorite, favorite scene of this movie. This is where they're sitting around and they decide to talk. She's asking him if he's ready to like give over his life to Jesus or whatever it is that they do. And he brings up the problem of evil and a couple oh, this other is my questions. my favorite scene. Yeah, that's, like I said, it's my least favorite, favorite scene by oh, far. He not only brings up the problem of evil... He also brings up the difference of religion problem. Oh yeah. my gosh, I yeah. love this. This is the first time anyone in any of these movies has been like, well, you know, Muslims are pretty sure they're right too. What do you say yeah. to that? Yeah. And literally, it's also the best answer of any Christian movie. She yeah. goes, <laughs> she goes, how did that make you feel? Yeah. And he goes, bad. And she goes, Mm-hmm. All right, the scene's over now. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He says, he says, you know, like, why would God let rape and war and stuff happen? Um, and she's like, well, clearly you've been given this a lot of thought. I'm like, no, no, no. Four-year-olds defeat your theology with that question. That takes the minimal allowable amount of thought to still call it. That's like a quanta of thought that it takes to fucking point that out. And and then yeah, their answer is fade to black. <laughs> really, like my no, her answer is so he's saying something like, "Listen, there's these two major world religions, and, and you know, both these monotheistic religions that come from different places." And by gosh, I just can't reconcile these two books. And she just goes, well, "You're gonna have to figure that out." And then yeah. it just <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. You're gonna have yeah. to figure that, that out. Will the Cape Crusader be lowered slowly into the lava pit? Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> like, well. Also, he he brings up when he's when he's talking about the Quran, he actually brings up the Quran science apologetics. Like he's like, and then I heard this guy talking about the Quran about how it predicted things that science didn't even know. And I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna get weight of the clouds apologetics in here. We're gonna get the single dumbest shit that religious people have ever said. They don't quite get there, but they teased me with it. I was getting excited. I was I was at least half hard. That is, however, that is the greatest counter apologetic we've or the the greatest apologetic we've ever heard in any of the movies, which yeah. is just a character looking at another character and going, well, you're going to have to figure that <laughs> out. Black. Preferably no before movie. the end of this you're movie. You're supposed to figure it out. You're the movie. Am I the movie? <laughs> oh, fucking crazy. She's like, excuse me, I have to find a dress that does not cover my vagina all the way. <laughs> Got three more scenes in this movie. But that's and then okay. Go to church and then go to a club that's filmed at the same location as the <laughs> right. PA headquarters. Right. Yeah. And now, uh, now it's Christmas time. Would anyone care to uh, to guess what he got, Mom, for Christmas? Anyone? Anyone at all? Sandals. <laughs> and I swear, this is how bad. Like, because they clearly had a minimum number of n mentions of sandals. And at the very end of the scene, Mom just goes, "Sandals." Sandals. Yes. Sandals. You know, to get the last three. Howard Johnson's. We're going. 
<laughs> when the sandals lawyers watching this, you know, movie are checking off. Like, all right, we got, all right, we got six. All we got right, six. Right, yeah. right. I wanted her to say into a mirror and sandals appears behind. Yeah, her. right. <laughs> uh, also, there's it's just a tiny moment, but uh, Miles' dad, who we met two scenes ago, mm-hmm. says, "You have three daughters, and they're all beautiful. A man must spend a lot yes, of time I'm on not- his knees to have daughters that it's beautiful." Like- <laughs> It's like, are you assuming it was all doggy style? What the hell does that mean? Yeah, he says, he says, oh, you got three beautiful daughters. You must need to go to church or something. And it's just, yeah, it really is strange. It makes no sense. Well, but he gift wraps the blowjob jokes because he literally <laughs> says a man like you has to spend a lot of time on his knees. Yeah, was it my version or did he then wink at the camera and go, you're welcome, Eli? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You can interpret that. Uh, you guys interpreted that in a, in a, in a less godly way than I interpreted. <laughs> That's something I hear quite often. Um, so then we, we we cut over to Miles. He's studying the Bible, but all them hoes be calling constantly. Oh, yeah. I love that scene where there's like five people calling him at once. And he's, yeah. He's trying to study this like size 72 font Bible and having like a tough time. Right. Page per word Bible. Yeah. And he's also, he's, each picture of the women gets more seductive. Like the first yeah. picture is just like a girl waving. Yeah. And then the fifth picture is just a spread pussy. <laughs> Tanya. Yeah. And then, so we cut, again, this scene serves no purpose, like all of the scenes, but we cut right from them, uh, from there to him reading her one of the porny parts of the, uh, of the Bible. Yeah. Song of Solomon. Yeah. Which, yeah. And, and he reads this like really sexy passage and she's like, I'm sure they were talking about a married couple. And I'm like, you can check. Which is they're not, not correct. They're no, not married. Not correct. Not, not at all. Super, they're super <laughs> duper duper not married. You're the movie. Yeah. I'm right. the movie. Right. <laughs> you, I said, I, my notes are filled with which one of us are the movie. <laughs> That's your joke. Right? Your moment is where you go, oh, they're not married, but pff, fuck you. You better figure yeah. that out, Blackout. Because you gotta, yeah. you could just cut that scene if it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to bring up the problem of evil with the fact that the Bible has uh, porn in it. Yeah, there's right. no requirement here. But she's not gonna fuck him because she's, they're not biblically wed. You know, she's not his slave or, or right, the right. wife of his brother. Yeah. And why would you when you had eight separate bedrooms? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a waste of bedrooms, really. Yeah. So yeah. he has to go take a cold shower and I, oh, I, this I, is so great where he's like, he goes, alright, I just want to drop it. Like, it's like this weird scene where he's not, as much as he was in character, he's not in character. He goes, oh, I just want to drop this. And it cuts to him taking this cold shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Because a movie which doesn't involve premarital sex still managed to be a little bit rapey. Yeah. And we, owe it, we owe it some congratulation for that. But also, like, how are they, like, isn't this movie supposed to be convincing people that they should be Christian? Should they, like... Yeah, you could be a Christian and then you'll never get laid. I mean, how is this? Who are yeah, they selling you know, this and to? And he gets so hot and horny after reading this King, this Solomon <laughs> story, of this children's illustrated Bible that he has. To read. <laughs> I <laughs> so want the children's illustrated version of Song of Songs. Holy yeah. shit! There should be a pop up book of that. Yeah, there should definitely be a pop up. Pull this tab and then put it back in, and then pull it back out, and then yeah. put it back in. Take Just, your time. Take your time. It's all about rhythm. <laughs> Uh, where's that episode of Veggie Tales? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now draw Someone the alphabet on this page. Perfect. 
<laughs> not with your fingers, silly. Um, so, yeah, so he's frustrated. So he goes to hang out at the club. His buddy's like, hey, Miles, how you doing? He's like, man, I need a vacation. And I so expected him to say, perhaps at one of Sandals' many fine all-inclusive resorts, but he didn't. Uh, and then his Miles have a therapy conversation guess, with his yes. friends. They're like, hey, man, I just want you to know I feel really distant from you. I'm a drug dealer, oh, yeah. but I want to express my emotions healthily because I feel like a relationship and a friendship are both boats that need to be able to sail on the same ocean. You know what I mean? I'm a murderer. I murdered humans. Really yeah, deep and, and contemplative in that scene and really sweet and yeah. Right. Yeah, so this is, and this is also, of course, the him getting tempted by the devil in the form of a hot chick that wants to drag him off, off, off camera to sin somewhere. To whisper in his ear. Yeah, yeah right. That's, that's what's going on. Um, and of course, she, like, uh, Vanessa just happens to be driving by that club to check up on him in the middle of this incredibly unhealthy relationship. You know, and also she walks in and this sexy woman is just kind of whispering something, maybe about the Bible. We don't know. She certainly did. <laughs> and she gets all pissed off and huffs and leaves in a huff of the club, you know? Yeah. And then she's, she's sitting in her car and she's going, why, Miles? Why? And I'm like, why would you want to put your P and a V? I can explain that so to you if you'd like. It's as bad as Stephen Baldwin sitting outside. <laughs> you know? She just head checks Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. He's in the car crying too. <laughs> why, Miles? Why? <laughs> Throwing stress balls back and forth yeah. between the cars. Yeah, right, right. And because it's not corny enough, it fucking starts to rain. Yeah, yes. it starts to rain on her, on her sea brain. Yeah, and and speaking of corny, this is also now the next scene is where we learn that Miles's mother has sickness, dying, illness, disease. Oh yeah, and won't Absolutely, make it for very yeah. long. Wicked case of the disease virus, <laughs> deadly. Yep, that's all they say about it too. I mean, it's like you could have just said cancer, right? That- well, here's the crazy thing: they go. Your mother's been sick. He goes, how is this possible? She's been fine. And he goes, no, you know how your mom feels about doctors. Her answer was always, there's an aspirin for everything. And it's like, oh, so this woman's dying of cancer because she refused to go to the doctor. Because <laughs> it's her fault. Entirely. Why would you add that in the movie? Just have her not have found it's it. It's like the dialysis guy from last week. Yeah. It's yeah. like, come on, Christians, just take your goddamn meds. Yeah, like you don't need that much runway. For this illness, it's just like she had cancer and didn't know. Like that's all you need to say. But they right? were like, no, no, no. She had a very preventable yeah. cancer that could have been Every treated. Time she was in cancer pain. She took aspirin. She yeah. thought that would fix the cancer. Just like Steve Jobs in that way. <laughs> also, this movie has so little continuity because remember that big fight they had thirty seconds ago? No, nope. they never <laughs> talk about it again. No. No. <laughs> it's not important. This movie would make Fellini raise his hand and be like, I am so sorry. What the fuck is going on? I am totally lost. Could you put in four midgets just to give some continuity? <laughs> it's me, Fellini. They do have the equivalent of four midgets. It's, those, it's these friend drug dealers. Yeah. Then he jumps into a star and he's immortal. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, and he's like sitting in the hospital or in the waiting room talking to her and he's like, I just feel guilt, shame, confusion. And she's like, yeah, that's just the Christianity kicking in. It's basically yeah. that till you die, bro. And 10% of your income. So then we cut to the heart to heart dying conversation between 
Vanessa and Miles' mom. Yeah, where she engages yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. she goes. I need you to do something. Check. Take care of Miles because he's so handsome and rich. <laughs> his skin's like burnt copper, and his tongue is soft, but with the strength of a finger. And on top of that, he produces old school funk. <laughs> Yeah, Without and then a hitch, and then she dies, and also is the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Yes, she was that just into, she's and, dead and, and glowing? It takes her a while to die, though. Like in terms of dying montages, which are usually a little more exciting than this, it's just him resting on different corners of her hospital bed that they stretch out for like three. And oh half no, minutes. that's the other. That's that's oh, later shit, on. That's later, that's on. later yes, on. Yes, this oh stupid fucking movie is going to make you keep track of at least two him sitting next that's to the, a woman yeah, in the hospital. Other and awesome hospital. Right when the mom scene. died, I wrote. In my notes. Okay, DMX, you have 90 minutes to sum up the Bible. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Mom, Rudolph. Jesus. Mom. Then he died. Gonna give it to you. And Mom. now, funeral. Funeral. But this is, this is the most important scene of the movie. This is the scene of the movie that made me laugh. Literally, I had to stop the movie and cry laugh for genuinely, I don't laugh a lot, but I genuinely laughed for about four and a half minutes. They cut to Miles at his mother's funeral, and he is wearing the most absurd <laughs> pair of sunglasses you've yes. ever seen. Elton John would have been like, darling, take it down. <laughs> if there is one reason to watch this movie, it is simply to watch the absolutely absurd sunglasses that Ja Rule obviously insisted on wearing. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Audrey Hepburn, Breakfast at Tiffany's or something. Yeah. <laughs> Got a cigarette holder, <laughs> giant gloves. It's ridiculous. And of course, then we also get the makeup scene between Miles and Vanessa's mom, who has been a racist bitch to him the whole time. Right. But she's yes. decided not to do that at his mother's funeral, which was nice of her. Right. She sits down and she's like, Miles, your mother was a beautiful woman. Skin like a ripe plum, tasted like dust and moonlight. All right, bye. And then she just fucking walks away. Yeah. yeah. And but meanwhile, she basically says like, "I know I've been so so racist to you, but I'm going to try to pull back on how racist I <laughs> a little bit." Right. Yeah. Well, you're she mourning. Doesn't even do it that much. But I have these crime statistics I want you to look at. <laughs> Even though you people only make up a certain part of the population, you make up more than... As you can see, Stop and Frisk brought down crime noticeably in New York. And then, so she's coming out, they're going to go on a date together. She's wearing this red dress, which is the least attractive thing we've seen her in, in my opinion, but it was the most porny shot that they got of her, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And basically, he, he brings her to a date. She's blindfolded, and for her birthday, he bought her... A plane. A, a jet? I, yes, I interpreted this clear. the way that when you watch this scene and you interpret what he got her for her birthday, it appears to just be a full-on plane. Yes. Yeah. $150 million yeah, exactly. worth of like, airplane. Because she opens her eyes and she goes, oh my god, and she runs towards the plane. And at this point, like, he's established as having trillions of dollars from a company. <laughs> his drug deals and producing a lucrative, popular, old school funk night. 
<laughs> where people pay in hundred dollar bills and <laughs> she just runs toward the plane and you're like okay well as a, as an audience of this movie I accept that this is the reality is that he bought her this privately chartered plane because it never shows where the plane goes they're sitting in this plane in the next scene and it's just so customary in movies that if you get in a plane, do you have that plane go to a destination? <laughs> to go to a place. Like, yeah. You know, an indecent proposal, Robert Redford is like, hey, do me more, get in this plane. <laughs> Uh, it, and then it shows where they're going in the well, plane. Yeah, when they come out, they're elsewhere. Yes. yes. There are different places from where they, from where they got onto the plane. It's the point of a plane, yeah. really. I, I don't yeah. think I'm saying that too strong. Yeah, they really didn't get the plane mechanism right in this movie. Also, I just want to point out, and this is a personal note, but I want to share it. The meanest thing that my fiance has ever said to me was said during this movie. Because... It's her birthday, and that's why he's proposing to her. And as I'm watching this movie with my fiancé, my fiancé turns to me and goes, Huh, you and Ja Rule have the same taste in when it's time to propose. So, um... <laughs> if anyone has a couch I can crash on or anything, we need some distance. Wow. Yeah. You don't compare me to Ja Rule. There are rules in relationships. <laughs> there are lines that can't be crossed. <laughs> Things that can't be unsaid. Um, and, of course, Stephen Baldwin wants to know what's going on with this here aeroplane thing. So he goes to the... Uh, he, he goes to, like, wherever they, they departed, which is never clear where this plane is. The person who works at the front of the hangar for the plane. And then... Oh, my gosh. What is his great line? She's, oh, she, she says, says... She says, this is confidential. And he says, that's okay. I'm Mr. Confidential. <laughs> Mr. Confidential, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> that's like a zing. It's like... <laughs> it's like a zing, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It's the that's worst the same line number in the movie. Of words. <laughs> it was the moment when the author killed himself. And then the third <laughs> author... I assume that this was like the ring. Like, every time someone got this script, they had a week. Yeah. And then they killed themselves. And that's how they eventually got made. <laughs> That's when that guy killed himself. I will pay any amount of money if I ever get my hands on the original script. That page has blood on it. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he's wearing the same sunglasses that Ja Rule wore at his mother's funeral. They're like that would be amazing. Yeah, this is when this is when Sunglass Hut's uh, uh, sponsorship yeah. picked up where yeah. sandals left off. Right. I can only imagine what it was like to be in the fucking writers' room when they came up with that line. Doodly do, doodly do, doodly do, doodly do. She says, "I'm sorry, sir, but that's confidential." And then he says, "It's okay. I'm Mr. Confidential, you know." And he'll take out his badge. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. That's literally the worst line anyone has ever written. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. It's not funny. Mm. It's not meaningful. Not really. This entire movie we've written is nonsense, and the best possible thing we could do with this script are to roll it up real tight shove it up our asses and light it on fire just let it burn us from the inside out and cleanse the earth of these words and the people who wrote them yeah i mean do you want to do this coke or not i do i do very much so please <laughs> <laughs> And and so yeah, let's let's get to this proposal here now. Um, he's they're flying in the plane, and he's like staring out at the sun, and he's like, "I see God because I stared into the sun for a long time, and it fucks with you." 
or something like those Portuguese people, you know. Here's my favorite weird logistical part about this scene is that they're both sitting on opposite sides of the plane because it's a small plane with their own windows. And he says, baby, come over here and look out this window. And he says, I see God. But, like, she could have looked out her window, right? <laughs> she has to, like, it's God is in the same sky, right? Like, she doesn't have to walk to the other That side other of sky is from right? Allah. Like, he acted like God was just in that one airplane <laughs> And then we see the diamond, and the ring is everything you ever wanted it to be. First of all, it's not yeah. an engagement ring. It's no. very clearly not an engagement yeah, ring. A strange costume jewelry ring <laughs> yes. that he pulls out, which is bizarre looking. It's a joke that someone pulled for their Halloween costume of Liberace. <laughs> yes. That's yes. what the ring yes, looks like. Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. It's a clear colored ring pop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it looks like it could be a ring pop. And her response is, Heath, you have the best note about this. Heath, what is her response to the proposal? Uh, her response is, um, ain't no question. Will you marry me? And the response is, ain't no question. As in, Sean Nuff, my nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to carve that quote on my chest with a goddamn knife. I literally, I, I laughed until I saw spots after that scene. I, that's, that, that is literally true. I had to pick up my headphones afterwards. <laughs> there was no way they were going to stay on my head through that. Um, I, that, I needed like a good seven minutes of recovery time after she said, ain't no question there. <laughs> and she says it so genuine. Ain't? She doesn't say it quick. She's not like, ain't no question. She's like, ain't? No, it's the frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. It's her Oscar moment. Right? She really, I thought she did a wonderful. <laughs> I mean, there's not a better way you could have pulled off that line. I'll give her that. Right, yeah. and it's like shit. I, you know, I have this line, ain't no question. But she really made. Yeah, you know, she like, owned made it. Out of Take yeah. that, Buffalo, 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 yeah. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> And so, of course, now we have to cut to the montage of his boys getting busted. And this is the closest to real filmmaking that they ever came because they had that sort of scrolling shot. Yeah. Can can I introduce the scene? The, the DEA is busting Miles' drug crew. And it's like you said, it's a it's like a rail shooter video game situation. It's like a play. It just keeps panning to the right. And every so often a drug dealer pops up and they're like, ah, I see you there. Couple boys. Like, yeah, I saw you. I saw you. Thing about more. him busting all of his buds is that up until this point, you're led to believe that they are they are tailing him this whole time because they're building a case against him. They're gathering evidence mm-hmm. to to you know build a case. But the last scene was just them outside of his mother's funeral and Stephen Baldwin being like, ah, I don't know if I'm into this case. <laughs> and then the very next scene is just them. Having enough evidence somehow to bust like five guys. Yeah. And, and look, we, and we have to watch all five of these busts, but they're exactly the same. It's all just <laughs> a guy walking around and like four cops bust out and say freeze and then grab him. And, and also, by the way, the camera lingers too long because like at one point, like the cop doesn't know what you're supposed to do with the guy's arms once he's frozen and he's <laughs> yeah. trying to like, trying to work all that out. But they actually show us that exact scene five times in a row. So I said they almost got to filmmaking, but not quite do, here. Yeah. Do, do I, I hug you. him? Do I hug him? <laughs> I punch him in the tummy a bunch of times. I was right? on like, base. I was on base. Damn right. it. So then they have the post-bail meeting, 
And mm-hmm. again, the the lack of knowledge about anything criminal in the real world comes through when they're like, where Miles is like, "What were you charged with?" And they all go, "Oh, many charges, <laughs> crimes of a criming nature, criming in the first with degree, to crime." And then yeah. they said, "We could go if we told them you were a crime." Yeah. Well, and I wanted so bad for him to just pull out two guns and just blow all those motherfuckers away at that I point. I wrote that too. I, wrote, I want Miles to murder these people. That would be so good. And then you could just, just go Joker on them. No. They never talk I about remember, it again. I don't know if you guys remember the specific <laughs> word that the DEA told them was they said, Miles, they said that we could get off if they told us something, quote, juicy about you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a massive juicy. cock. Like it sounded like a middle school sleepover. And then he talks to the next guy on the phone. And he's like, "Oh man, DA wanted something juicy on you. The juiciest goss on you." And I wouldn't give him any goss, and so now we're in here and we're on bail. T Dog, stop mash. trying to make goss work. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there's a great quote in this scene. He goes, "This ancient McDaniel got it real bad for you." Cause you so handsome. I wanted him to be like, cause you so handsome and tall and, and wealthy. wealthy. But yes, if Miles had murdered these people like the end of the wire, it would have been absolutely amazing. But no. They also have a collective bail. Like, isn't it customary <laughs> yeah, that right? if you arrest people that there's a one bail for each person? We get four for the price of one. Yes, but they said, it's oh, like all five of us together have a $5,000 bail. <laughs> And you're just like, oh, okay, he doesn't say what? anything. He's like, all right. Yeah. He says, all right and he's I'll like, well, what it. do you want me to do? And they're yeah. like, I, to pay that. Yeah. Pay, <laughs> pay, pay that bill. And he's just like, all right, I'll work on is it. Is this scene going to be in the movie? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene is going to be in the movie. Yeah. And because the melodrama is not ramped up enough, now Vanessa just randomly gets in a car accident. And I wrote in my notes, please let her come out of this accident, retarded. Yeah. I just want the rest of the movie to be like, you know what, Vanessa? I really love you. You know what, Matt Jaru? Hey, no, his name's Miles. <laughs> One first, two first, red first, Jesus. <laughs> How would you even know with this actress? She's got her dress in inside out in the next scene. It's still a super sexy dress, but it's backwards. Right. So her tits are hanging out, and she's just like, I wore sex dress, <laughs> but none for you. <laughs> and the part where... <laughs> They explain what happened to her in the car accident. So they all go to the hospital. They all meet at the Mm -hmm. hospital. Vanessa's family is there. I think his dad is there. And this doctor comes out and says something like, tries to say a bunch of weird medical conditions that may or may not have been, that could physically be caused in a car crash. He just sort of named some weird things. Contusions, vibrations, (laughs) summer complaints, bruises, upset. Angles, her bones are at angles. (laughs) But, But this couldn't get crazier because then she turns to, he turns to the doctor and he's like, we've done everything he can. And he goes, you need to do more. Yeah, Miles more than you can. yells at the doctor to do extra surgery. And I wanted so badly for the doctor to go in and be like, oh, I'm totally doing this other surgery I didn't think of now. I wanted sure. him to give her like a nose job or a breast reduction therapy there. Okay. And did more surgery, motherfucker. So this is where he has his, his crisis of faith, which, which really doesn't make sense because the whole time he was with Vanessa and she asked him how his faith was going, he was just kind of like, Eh, all right, I'll work on it. And she's like, all right, you figure it out. Like, he's not 
at this point, like, he would have had to have really high stakes to get as upset as he did. But no. He does. He He gets... He freaks out. I wrote in my notes at this point, as a joke, Miles should probably go talk to God about this personally. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? He He does. does. (laughs) He goes... And he has the craziest God conversation of any of the movies we've ever and seen. the best monologue. I'm sure. I haven't seen these other Christian movies, but I don't think that you could top the monologue. He oh, th- no. He's threatening a stained... He is very clearly physically threatening a stained so glass say, window. So after he yells at the doctor <laughs> and tells the doctor that he's angry at God and that doctor, the doctor needs to use his science to supplant God, he says... I got someone I gotta go see. Walks yeah. out. They don't say where he is after this. Nope. But somehow the hospital grounds has a 40 foot tall <laughs> stained, oversized stained glass portrait of Jesus. Or he just wandered down to the nearest church and started yelling in it. Yeah, yeah but, it but was like, one of those two things. It's like a Jesus <laughs> warehouse church, Like, though, this yeah. was a almost, like, overblown fun, fun house size, <laughs> like, like, thing of, I've never seen anything like that on a church. Like, if somebody ever tried to build that in the church, the church would be like, no, why would you put a, a huge uh, a portrait of Jesus that was that huge and cartoonish? Oh, it's yeah. giant, and also, he's not doing anything Jesus-y. He's, like, splayed out eating grapes yeah. in the picture. Yeah. He's not, he's- like... Go ahead. Yeah, no. Oh, I, I was going to ruin the joke the by pointing out that he's Jesus. praying. I, yeah. I know exactly oh, is what he's saying. Yeah. In the picture, I you never get it because he's too busy, like, yeah, right, physically yeah. threatening he, it, like, he, trying to he shove looks it. looks like he's at, like, a Bacchanal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go. You ready to go? You ready to go? <laughs> looks um, like it's Mao Zedong or, like, Kim Jong un or something. Yeah. It's, Enormous yeah, it's and ridiculous. like he's praying to Dear Leader or something when he finds his <laughs> Right. His exact <laughs> quote to this stained glass window is, quote, you want to send me to hell? Book the flight. Yes. And yeah, I you like don't to fly that. to hell. That's, yes. um, that's the same speech that Jesus himself said when he was on the cross. <laughs> because he's yeah. giving this whole thing. He's like, he's like, you got a beef with me. You leave everyone else out of it and you deal with me. You know, and that's a, that's kind of a Christ-like thing where Jesus himself... Yeah, notice he doesn't do the same thing when it comes time for his buddies to get busted later in the movie. But uh, <laughs> Now, I, I do want to point out, Josh, because you might not be as familiar with these as, as, as we are, but um, yelling at God is like the, the singing fat lady of Christian movies. It cannot end until someone is yelled at God. I, I imagine that there's many scenes where you would have somebody standing before a cross or in a church or at the sky yelling straight at God. Uh, I'm not surprised at that at all. Uh, this one, though, uh, when I was thinking about the, I mean, it's so special. Um, first of all, because of the high angle. You know, it's like if you want to show somebody shouting at God and you want to portray that he's shouting up, you might do a high angle for that shot. But this is like real high angle. Like this is like he's craning his neck high angle. Like, you feel really bad. You're like, oh, lower that crane. I feel he's going to break his neck, you know. But he gets the whole monologue out, which is a true feat. <laughs> he's a professional. Yeah, oh, it's, it's he a like beautiful, works through it. Beautiful monologue. You remember that scene from Cool Hand Luke where he's like, love me, hate me, kill me, just let me. It's just like that. It's just, ja Rule is like a modern day Paul Newman. It is gorgeous. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 
Heath, I Ooh. wish you were the first one to say that. I wish yeah. you were the first one to say that. <laughs> so, uh, so then, of course, we get Miles getting busted. Um, sort of. And it's I Michael guess. Madsen again. Yeah, yes. the only Michael other Madsen, scene he's like, in. got back from filming his Quentin Tarantino movie for that year and went back and replaced <laughs> the guy who was in this car with Stephen Baldwin right. up until yeah. now. Which is so great. then we cut to the uh, to the interrogation room from the Matrix where they've got him chained down, and Stephen Baldwin says, <laughs> and I quote. <laughs> Let's see what you're made of. And I was sure he was about to yank down his pants after that. I was certain everything we'd learned about this character <laughs> up till now suggested that's where we were going. But, but uh, no. but no, he instead gets interrogated by like two IRS nerds trying to make tax law sound right. menacing somehow. <laughs> you know how the IRS really can arrest people? No, no, they can't do that. Yeah. You know how the IRS can interrogate people? Nope, no, can't no. do that either. Yeah, don't you worry. You know how Ted the IRS Cruz... carries guns? Yeah, don't worry. Ted Cruz is going to get rid of that whole department. Oh, right. It's gone. <laughs> department of Education, scene, too. I'll confess, I, I just totally spaced out because he gets to a point in the scene where he just starts talking about his accountant to these two guys that don't really have any legal authority to arrest him or interrogate him, but he just starts talking about what his accountant does for him. And at that point, I kind of spaced out. <laughs> well, the IRS, not only do they not want to talk to him about money, they want to talk to him about the drug charges. Right. And the best moment is they turn their big piece of evidence that they have for him is they show him a check he wrote to his friend. Oh, and the check <laughs> literally has a giant stamp yeah. that says IRS yes. on it. It's like a cartoon. It's like this, this stamp that the IRS people, agents, you know, supposedly use in their day-to-day jobs is like the size of like Thor's gown, the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. Well, and his like, his like yelling back thing is so stupid because he's like, you know, if you want to charge me with or arrest me, then do it. And I'm like, you're handcuffed right now. They came to you. You are clearly already you are very arrested. Clearly under arrest. Yeah. Also, there's a great moment. Steven is watching this happen through the window. Yes. And yes. he goes, make me believe you. And that will haunt my nightmares forever. <laughs> if someone could just make that into a gif so that I can never sleep again, if I ever need to <laughs> But at the time he says that, it's at a weird point in their questioning, I think, where he's like, hey, what, what about your finance? He's like, you know what? I have a, you know, accountant. He handles most of my stuff and he takes a 15% commission, but it's fine. And then Stephen Moe was making me believe. <laughs> Make me believe that you have an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Also, I just want to point out the agents in this scene are wearing identical yes, shirts identical, and ties. And I'm not sure if this is true, but it seems to me they look so much like the guy who had been in the car with Stephen Baldwin this whole time. Yeah. It seems yeah. to me like they switched up Michael Madsen and just took that guy and recast <laughs> right. him as one of these interrogators because I think it might have been the same guy. Yeah. And those were the two most rail-thin human beings that have ever appeared on camera outside of a Feed the Children commercial. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. just imagine them going through and going, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sorry. Two, you know, no, you weigh 11 pounds. That's going to be too much for this scene. Yeah. I, I I guess they just had to emphasize the fact that IRS guys are like geeks that get sand kicked in their yeah, face or whatever. Do we have any Jewish men who've been raised in their basement and let out? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what they look like. So then we cut over to the hospital again. And at this point, I wrote in my notes, I can make it another 17 minutes. I know I can. I, I know I can. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that he can pray over the Vanessa. The story. <laughs> 17 yeah. are you sure 17 oh I, i'm saying it to yourself not doing oh, okay. it but saying it 
I can make it 17 minutes. Oh, you're so beautiful. I'm sorry. It's because you're so... You didn't say you were going to move. That's what right. happens when they wake up during. Oh, there we go. So, so, Earn so that my, explicit tag. So Miles is uh, praying to God next to Vanessa, who's in a coma, and... uh I guess he prayed for an R&B coma montage because that happens. Yes, he which got fun. it too, yeah. And also, by the way, um, she moves several times yeah, moves. during the scene. Is she that how that works times. when you're in a – can you move around your bed when you're in a coma? <laughs> yeah. So she – so when they're asking the doctor what happened to her and he says different things about her body, you expect that when you see her in her condition – that it would reflect what the doctor said <laughs> happened to her. But the only thing that indicates that she should be in any sort of bad state is that, first of all, she does have an oxygen tube in her nose, so it's okay. She can't breathe. She has the most enormous bandage. Ace bandage. It's like I've a turban. I've ever yeah. seen wrapped around her forehead. Yeah. Like, what weird car accident was she in? My, no, it's like, it's like she just got blown up by Wile E. Coyote or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. my, my music note for this scene is Ja Rule just finished praying over his bread de- brain dead fiance because that's the craziest thing I could think of. <laughs> my, my music note on this one was uh, now that she's comatose, he's finally going to get him some. Because it was like poor man's Barry White that they were playing right and he's like yeah no it was like a royalty free boys to men or something yeah right yeah exactly (laughs) and then so he hangs out and prays for a whole montage little schmooly high harmony right yes so the montage is it takes a long time for anything happen so he gives this prayer first of all that that he has decided at this point, after screaming at that Jumbotron Jesus thing, <laughs> that he's going to leave it in God's hands and that he hopes that she wakes up, but he gets that it's God's decision whether she wakes up. And then, for like three minutes, it's this weird waiting montage where it just sort of jumps around and you have this fade transition where he's just laying his head on different parts of her hospital bed, mm-hmm. waiting for her to wake up. <laughs> she moves in many of those scenes. Like, she will switch positions, like, <laughs> from sleeping on her right side to her left and side. And he's in, he's in every conceivable position <laughs> yeah. on her in this month. He yeah. planks on her. Yeah. He does a handstand. On, he's in plow position at one point. <laughs> Downward facing dog here and there. Yeah. Is that at one point, she has, like, a white sheet over her. Yeah. And at one point, they change and it's just a white beach towel that's laid over her <laughs> that they changed and she's into so this happens for like a long time and then finally he's like on the hospital bed sleep like spooning her which can't can't have be have been good for her and then not with the severe head up. drama no yeah. uh. it's like this it's like why are you putting so much pressure on this woman's chest that you know is in a coma and can't breathe or whatever but he it works i guess because she wakes <laughs> yeah. up yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and then he wakes up and he's or she wakes up a little bit and he go, and he yells everybody she's awake and like 26 people come immediately <laughs> yeah. running in the door entire the cast of works, the movie. Coma's and done. during that whole montage scene there was not a single nurse or doctor that went into there it's like this woman's in a coma why hasn't a nurse come into this room for 28 hours you know (laughs) so we cut to them back at church 
mm-hmm. and she's totally recovered. There was no recovery. Once yeah. you wake up from a coma, you're oh, perfectly yeah, you're fine. You're, you're like with a head bandage that big. She better, you know, <laughs> not have any hair or like be really have lacerations under there. I wrote in no. my notes, someone should tell Vanessa that they make dresses that cover your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. It's the... Uh... She's back into her old war- church-going wardrobe. Right. And yeah. the, the preacher's giving a sermon about how fantastic it was that he gave Vanessa the car crash <laughs> that he later made her better from. Yeah. Right. Sorry. No, wait. Just the good part. The good part. God, to, God to was God for the good be part. the glory. He is so good at making doctors that will later take care of you. <laughs> right. Uh, and then he has, of course, this great moment where he reads the passage from the Bible where he's like, remember when the Bible says today is the day for salvation? And I'm like, yeah, that's the next sentence is because the world's going to end. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Don't write <cite> that. <laughs> um, but but Ja Rule takes that as a sign that it's his time to kneel before the Lord. And mm-hmm. my music note is Ja Rule would like to kneel before the Lord. <laughs> It could not be more on the fucking nose. So yeah, he steps up to be a full member of the cult. And it also, it might be giving them too much credit to think that this was like a purposeful, they're trying to show what mental state Vanessa is after having this huge car crash that bandaged her head with a bandage that big. But the the, the pastor says, does anybody want to get out of their seat and walk up to the stage yes. and do a religious ritual? So Ja Rule rises from his seat and Vanessa turns to him and says, where are you going? Yeah, right. He's like, I'm fucking going to the stage. <laughs> to the you know, fucking you, Starbucks. What do you coma? think, lady? Yeah. I got a phone call. I'm allowed to leave it on. <laughs> well, doesn't she also do like a Hitler salute? She does. Vanessa does a Zig Heil. When uh, he very clearly. When he finally kneels down, she very clearly does. She's trying to do a like praise the Lord thing, but that actress doesn't it know about Jesus. Very weird. Because oh, her no, the- movie history consists of cutting to mustard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So she just does the Hitler salute, and she's like, I feel like this is wrong, but it's okay. So I see the cuts. Yeah. I but think we this don't to catch on. Heil Jesus. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> So now, if you recall, this whole movie started in back. a prison yes. with letters being delivered. So now we're finally going to bring it all full circle and get back to that prison. And, of course, they've left you with the feeling in this entire movie that it was him that was in prison yes. this whole time. But apparently he is never going to pay for any of the wrongs that he's done. Oh, what a twist ending. I love <laughs> these. I love when they do that. Yeah, so, so. He was out of jail the whole time. So he ends up deciding that he's going to follow in this pastor's footsteps, answer his call, and become a pastor himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's giving this speech, and it cuts to voiceover, and it shows his buddies who... They never resolved this. The last time he talked to his buddies, they said, we collectively, five people have mm-hmm. a bail put on us. Can you please pay the bail and get us out? And he, because he didn't figure out how cell phones worked at this point in the movie either, said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take care of it, moves the cell phone back to his ear. And that's the last time you ever hear him talking to his buddies, well, right? No, it's even worse than that, because we get a scene immediately after that when they all say, like, yeah, all we would have to do is say anything at all about all the criminal activities you've been involved in, and none of us would have to go to jail. Yeah. And then the next scene is them in jail. <laughs> jail yes. Yeah, right. We know how that turned out. Yeah, all they want for us to pay this collective bail is something juicy on you, and we didn't give anything juicy on you. 
Um, so they're in jail. Yeah, so, yeah. They're, so they're fucking in jail, but this jail has the best basketball court that anyone's <laughs> ever seen because they are so happy they're out there. The, they're pretty they're excited about basketball. This. Like, it's a very organized prison <laughs> basketball league with, like, sweet basketball hoops. And that's how they chose to show his buddy's time in jail is that they just happen to be in a really cool basketball league. Well, they show his buddy's time in jail, and then he says, Stakes on me, baby. Love and respect and And blessings. blessings. Miles. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Well, no, no, not quite. Not quite, because then we cut to three years later where he's become a preacher. Yeah. Now, this was, to me, this was where the whole, like, Shyamalan ending really did come together for me because it occurred to me that this movie, the writer of this movie is the preacher guy in the white hat and the Lamborghini. That's the guy who wrote this movie. He was writing his own story. So keep in mind that when all of these, all of these lines about how handsome and intelligent he was and how big his dick, this was a guy writing his own story. It's even more ridiculous than you thought. That's pretty amazing. I love that theory. <laughs> so then, or so the reality. movie ends. He says, reality. "Today we're going to talk about change." And then there is the most, the only thing more beautiful than this movie is the blooper reel. I did not Especially see because the blooper, the blooper reel. reels are just people slightly flubbing lines. No, no, no. There's a fantastic at the very oh, there is end, one good one. Yes, at yes. the very I end. Blooper reel on YouTube. It's phenomenal. At the yeah. very end. Stephen Baldwin, it's a cut of Stephen Baldwin doing that, like, minority report scene from earlier in the movie, (laughs) and he looks into the camera and he goes, sweep the leg, and it's so true, and it's so (laughs) delicious, like, everyone all in this moment realizes what they're doing and the kind of movie they're making. Well, (laughs) and he works for Cobra Kai Dojo guy. Well, but I was going to say, that's that's the thing, I think, I I did not realize that when I saw that, but the guy sitting right next to him is the sweep the leg guy. Oh, definitely, yeah, that's why. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I didn't catch that. I didn't uh, catch that in the moment either, but it makes it even better. Yeah. Uh, And then the only other blooper worth talking about is that Jerry Rice cannot speak. No, <laughs> like we have everyone gets one blooper, and then there's 85 minutes of Jerry Rice being like, "I'm Jerry Rice. How's did I pronounce that correctly? <laughs> I've had people run into me for 20 years, way back before we caught these things early. Are you my grandson? Right. Take it again, real quick, real quick, one more time. I got this. I got this. So, and one of the most bizarre things about this movie to me, of course, is that the whole thing revolves around drug dealers, and yet we never see any drugs or dealing. You never know what kind of drugs they do. No, You never no. know what kind of deals they do. But despite all of that, this movie still now ranks as my worst drug-related experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, obviously, of course, uh, and Jocelyn, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we try to avoid thumbs up, thumbs down, how many stars sure. type ratings, because yeah, let's face productive. it. that's <laughs> productive. Religion... God and Christ is more than that. (laughs) So instead of, uh, so instead of something like cliche like that, this is the question I want to ask to sort of serve the same purpose. What is the worst drug related experience that you've ever had that was still better than this movie? That was still better than this movie. Okay. Um, can I just tell a real one? Because it did involve a movie. So this was the first time that I, when I moved to LA, I went to Synespia which is their film series that they screen at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And somebody had brought food, and it was, I believe, Blade Runner, which I was so excited to see Blade Runner. I was like, it's in a cemetery. Love Blade Runner. 
and I accidentally ended up eating some sort of edible, you know, it was like a classic brownie story where I Mm. didn't realize how much pot I was eating and ended up during Blade Runner. Like, whenever I see anything to do with Blade Runner, I just remember feeling like I was going to die. You know, like, I just have never been closer to being like, I'm going to die in this cemetery. Um, but still like, better than this movie. Like, no, you yeah. just ate too much pot, and you don't really, you know, you don't smoke You're definitely pot. not a replicant. Trust <laughs> yeah, me, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I will say that... Uh, you know, I love this movie more than that. I do. I really, you guys hated this movie. I w- I've seen this movie three times at this point. It's amazing. Yeah. And I love it. And I would probably see it again. That's like somebody who breaks the record for being like stranded at sea for the longest and then tries to break his record. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so Heath, worst drug related experience still better than this movie? Uh, all right. Well, I actually have a similar answer, I guess. I'm going to start by saying though, I've watched dare movies in health class with much better dialogue than this oh, by yeah. far. Right. So but, but also this actually happened to me too. True story. I, I once ate a whole bunch of mushrooms, like way too many mushrooms and watched Memento for the first time that oh, evening. Oh shit! Yeah, and, yeah, it was yeah. brutal. <laughs> My entire universe was inverted for several weeks. I had no idea what was happening, yeah, and so it you was saw delightful. Embarrassingly, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I might be able to beat everybody with crazy movie that I saw when I was way too stoned to see it. If anybody's ever seen the movie Meet the Feebles. <laughs> I was on acid the first time I did that one. That was Peter Jackson's big movie before they gave him Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's how he got his foot in the door. Yeah. Yes. And and finally, Eli, drugs, movie? Oh, I mean, your guys' stories were all so good. I mean, I went and I met this comedian and we had some drinks. Uh, his name's Bill Cosby. He's like, <laughs> 80s and 90s mostly. But no, you guys told good stories. I don't want to... <laughs> I feel like that's been story's been told over and over and over and over again. So he handed you a drink and you took a sip and you were like, "Hey, there's not enough drugs in this." Put some drugs in this. Locked in the like, basement, yeah. but yeah, yeah, this crazy dude. Scoop, I'm a heroin scoop, addict. <laughs> yes, yes, this movie definitely was the uh, Cosby date rape of cinema. I think that's your pretty much nailed it. Allegedly, <laughs> right. allegedly. Listen, I know you guys are into feminism because of Lucinda, but allegedly, okay, allegedly. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> All right, well, Jocelyn, congratulations. You made it all the way through. Odds are you're way better prepared for enhanced interrogation techniques going forward. Cannot thank you enough for being part of the show tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, going on this journey with me and sharing in something that I truly love and we truly hate. (laughs) Anytime. And while that does it for our review of I'm in love with the church girl, that's not going to do it for the episode just yet, since we're, there's apparently going to be another week next week, and we're going to need to do a show then, too. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Oh, you asked for it, so you got it. We're going to see Risen! <laughs> <laughs> going back to the theater again. Hopefully it'll be on YouTube before uh, we have to do this next week. <laughs> I think we'll need to wait at least three more weeks for that. But that, yeah, apparently that's going to make a lot of folks on Facebook and Twitter quite happy. Um, it, 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 there's been a lot of requests. And I do want to say, based on the preview, I am happy that we're at least finally going to watch a Christian movie that gets Jesus's fucking name correct. Yeah. Yeah, Yeshua. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the right name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I always wondered, what if the story of the resurrection was a murder mystery? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. 
<laughs> looks like it's going to be a movie about a David Copperfield trick with a secret compartment and some legs getting sawed or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's always hard to see magic revealed like that. Um, but, <laughs> but I am excited for Penn and Teller's cameo where they explain that. Oh no. It's, the rock was secured the whole time, but you see the apostles move in from the side. It's a cave, so you can go in there. Hey, it's fine. It's uh, just, I don't want to spoil. Spoiler alert. Right, Big, Bigfoot right. ate him. It's not. It's not important. Well, I, I have to say, <laughs> at the very least, it's. I'm happy to know the acting is going to be a little bit better. No offense to Ja Rule or anything, but uh, I do believe <laughs> we're in for a slightly higher budget on this one, or at least they didn't spend the whole body, budget uh, renting. Michael Madsen for five minutes. Yeah, and, and okay. Michael Madsen for five minutes. I'm just so tired of apologizing to Ja Rule on every episode <laughs> of the show. We got his email. We apologized. It's over. He has refused an Intelligence Square debate with us. So it's, it's over. So at this point, at this point, the feud has ended. There you go. So with Risen to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 27 to a merciful close. Another big thanks to Jocelyn Richard for suffering alongside us and inflicting this particular piece of shit on us in the first place. Once again, of course, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make this show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following links on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Jerry Rice is still friends with his cocaine dealer from the 1980s, but only because he likes the smell of it. Ja Rule's kid grew up to be molested repeatedly by that creepy fucker in the Lamborghini.